1: as if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
0: What's going on, Broncos country? Jeff and I are pleased and happy to be with you, breaking out another Broncos win, another big Broncos win, we should say, against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Jeff, how's it going tonight?
1: Good, Tanner. Good to be back on with you. Three, three big ones in a row here for our Broncos is uh, is always nice.
0: Yeah, and we'll be breaking down the Broncos' twenty four to ten win over the Bengals shortly. Uh, getting into what we liked, what we didn't like, what we're concerned about going forward, some injuries that have happened to the Broncos, and some acquisitions that the Broncos have made uh, recently. So, without further ado, here's a little pump up music for you from the always Mad right. Fanatic. All right, Jeff. uh, Let's get right into it. Um, I was pretty pleased overall with what I saw out of our Broncos this week. Uh, There were a few things that had me concerned going forward, but what were your main takeaways from the game?
1: It was a slow start. It kind of felt like the start to um, some of those games that that, uh, we had when we were on our losing streak the last two years. Um, And it just the offense, for whatever reason, just did not get in a groove. And even when we were starting to move the ball, um, we just couldn't get things going in a positive direction until the end of that second quarter. Um, but once we got that first score, um, everything kind of turned around and and the game opened up for us. Of course, Philip Lindsay, we'll get into, was a star of the game. Uh, Cortland Sutton looked good. The offense found a groove in the in the second half, and uh, the defense did their job by shutting down um, a pretty bad football team. But overall, I'm really thrilled with the win and. A uh, 14-point win on the road is always good, and now Vance has himself um, two road wins out of the last uh, three ball games, and uh, that's something that he struggled with, so it's a big deal.
0: Yeah, and Vance finally got the monkey off his back in such that he couldn't win that uh, those uh, 1 o'clock Eastern starts. He finally got one of those behind him, so uh, we don't have any more of those going forward this season, but nice for him to get that off his back. Uh, Yeah, the first half was kind of interesting. It was frustrating because I felt like we should have been up a lot more half than we were Mm -hmm. and I kept waiting to give the Bengals too many opportunities.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. It just felt like we were kind of letting them hang around and they weren't doing anything either and and we kept making stops. We'd force a three and out here and there and then just our offense would stall and it just wasn't I don't know, it wasn't very creative. It looked like we were just a little bit flat, maybe, um, like a lot of those other 1 o'clock Eastern time uh, games that we've been in. I don't know why that is, um, especially against a team like the Bengals, but it's still, we've always talked about this, it's still an NFL team. It doesn't matter who you're playing. you got to show up just as prepared as if it's the New England Patriots or, um, in this case, the Cincinnati Bengals. And so I was so glad they they turned the tide and got things going in a positive direction by half.
0: Yeah, because like you mentioned, slow start, we didn't score until many, minute 56 before half, and then the Bengals added on with a field goal 12 seconds before half, so it was our lead 7-3 to three a half, but um, you kind of hit on this already as well. Yeah, we just didn't come out with any juice. I don't know why, because, you know, we had a ton to play for, as did the Bengals. I don't know if it was just the environment. You know, we've both been to two Bronco-Bengal uh, games Now in Cincinnati, the environment's not the greatest, especially on Sunday. There was only a uh, counted for attendance of 44,392. That's pretty bad.
1: That's so sad. It's so sad. I I was thinking about even the games that you and I were at where it was pretty full. It still was not that great of environment. I can't imagine what it was like this past Sunday. Um, And it's funny, you know, you and I talked about this when we came back from Denver, when uh, we were both out there for the Rams game and how disappointed we were in in the fans for not showing up. And we still had at least, I think we had 66,000 at that game, and it felt empty. (laughs) I can't imagine being in Cincinnati for 43,000, 44,000. That's just embarrassing.
0: Yeah, Dave Logan called it the least attended game he's ever called on the radio.
1: Wow and and that's coming from a guy who has a lot of experience doing this so that's, and,
0: and really that's, there's there's some of those problems going on around the league I know Atlanta didn't have very good attendance and Miami didn't have very good attendance and Miami's right in the thick of things like we are for that wild card spot but Miami's never had very good attendance because there's a lot of other things to do besides go to a football game in Miami
1: yeah and, and doesn't Atlanta just feel like a college football town like doesn't it doesn't, don't you get that vibe because it seems like you know that of course, Alabama Georgia game was packed to the to the uh, bleachers, and um, I don't know. It just feels like the Falcons, even when they've been good, have never had like uh, a super great home environment. I don't know. I could be wrong. I've never been there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know they're Braves town when the Braves are good. Um... So yeah, that's that's a good point. It was definitely college football weekend down there in Atlanta. But uh, but uh, getting back to the game, um, yeah, I don't know what adjustments or I don't know what was said at halftime to make the Broncos come out and look so good in second half. But we looked like a whole different team, really. I uh, took control of the game. Uh, Case Keenum hit Cortland Sutton on a thirty-yard touchdown with eleven minutes and twenty-seven seconds to go in the third quarter, and then Philip Lindsay capped uh, that or followed that up with really the highlight of the game and his 65-yard touchdown run with 7.35 to go. So the Broncos were up 21-3 to at that point. Then we saw uh, Cody Core catch a 30-yard touchdown to make it um, 21-10. And then the fourth quarter, McManus added a 29-yard field goal at the very end with 23 seconds left in the game to make it the final score of 24-10. to um, Thoughts on the second half?
1: the second half looked like uh, a, a really clean performance. Um, I thought the the game plan was really good. Again, we, we let, uh, Lindsay carry the ball. He ran for, you know, 19 times for 157 yards, two touchdowns. Um, like I said, Sutton looked really good in that half. Um, so did he have the, sorry, did he have the touchdown? He had the touchdown in the third quarter. Yeah. Um, yeah. the kind of 30 yard
0: touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: To kind of start the second half. And, uh, I just thought it was a, a, a well played game it didn't seem like we were penalized too much um, just I don't know the numbers but just just looking at the game it didn't feel like we were ever penalized too much um, I do have one big concern that I'll bring up if if you want me to but yeah go ahead uh, yeah that that would be I, I think I don't know if you picked up on this but I know especially in the first half there was some uh, snap connection error between um, McGovern and keenum yes or on Sunday, excuse me, for some reason that we hadn't seen in the, the first two games since this line has been revamped. I don't know if he just was getting too comfortable and getting lazy with his snaps, but there was a couple snaps that, that I was a little concerned about.
0: That's a good point. That's something I completely forgot about. Yeah, Keenum picked up two, if not three, balls off the ground or 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 down at shoelaces if he did catch it. Uh yeah, some snaps that were low, so that's that's a very good point. I didn't even Didn't even think of that. Uh, Offensive line, I thought, played a fairly good game. They did allow two sacks. But um, all in all, I didn't have too many complaints about the O-line.
1: No, they're still playing really good. I mean, we're still running the football. Keenum looks fairly well protected. There's times where he looks really comfortable and other other times where he just looks like he's dancing around again. But, no, I agree.
0: And speaking of case, Keenum, uh, fourth straight Game in a row that he's had no turnovers. So another good clean game out of him. I think that's another reason why we're on this three game win streak.
1: Yeah, completely.
0: I mean, his stats aren't going to blow you away by any means, even though he is closing in on 3000 yards for the season already, which I think there's already 15 guys in the league at 3000, which it's hard to kind of fathom that because I think 20 years ago, 3000 was a huge number. Now four thousand is kind of that number. Three thousand used to be, right? Um, but Keenum ended up with uh, a stat line of twelve completions on twenty-one attempts for one hundred fifty-one yards, one touchdown, no no interceptions.
1: Yeah, like you said, clean game, but not impressive by any by any uh, stretch of the imagination. One hundred fifty-one yards. <laughs>
0: But he didn't have to because uh, run game, uh, no. which is the strength of our team, carried the weight. I mean, you had uh, Philip, the Pit Bull Lindsey, as, as the Broncos, his Broncos teammates are calling the Pit Bull. Yeah. 19 carries for a career high, 157 yards and two touchdowns. He averaged 8.3 yards per carry. Uh, Royce Freeman had 12 carries for 48 yards. Devontae Booker had one carry for four yards. I like that 19, uh, 19 carries. I like that number for uh, Philip. I mean, the, guy, the guy's just a baller. Let's, let's, let's yeah. be honest.
1: He is. He, he's, uh, in my opinion, he's the MVP of our offense. Um, I'm not saying he's MVP of the league or anything like that. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't say that, but
0: I, I, I think he's rookie of the year. I mean, he won his sixth offensive rookie of the week award this week.
1: Six. That's incredible. That's incredible. And he should be in the conversation. Um, I just think, unfortunately, the national hype around Saquon Barkley is going to going to give him that nod that's true but that's true. but uh philip Lindsay has been that important to us and uh he's clearly was making our offense go right now i mean the he's setting everything up 8.3 yards a carry is incredible
0: yeah and he's got the burst of speed i mean he is so fast when he gets into open space if he just has a little on a 65 yard touchdown vance joseph hit on the fact that it wasn't even blocked well but no. philip found a hole and just shot through it
1: yeah, it's amazing. So, I mean, that, that can really change a game, and it did for us at that moment.
0: I found an interesting tweet today by uh, Mike Kliss of the Denver Post. Uh, yeah, He's with the Post, isn't he, Kliss? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, he said, a star is rising. Number 30 filled Lindsay jerseys are flying off the racks. They were There were 40 sold at Broncos team stores today. Remarkable for a Monday. Wow, this was yesterday actually. That he tweeted this: "Lindsay number thirties made up sixty percent of jersey sales over the weekend. Five hundred more number thirties have been ordered."
1: Wow, that's pretty cool. Yep, I might have to get myself one of those in the future.
0: I know it. I was between him and Cortland Sutton, and I—I I was doing a customized the white white road jersey a few weeks ago, and I flipped the coin because I was torn between two. Landed on Sutton, so I have myself a Cortland Sutton. Which did you know he leads? The AFC in receiving among rookies at five hundred and eighty-three yards.
1: I didn't know that. That's an awesome stat to own. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, uh, and I think he's averaging something like nineteen yards uh, per catch or something.
1: I think. I I think it's safe to say you got yourself, you know, almost just as good of a jersey in terms of stat value.
0: (laughs) Well, and and one thing I kind of had the mindset of wide receivers usually last a little longer than running backs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So
0: but let's talk about that. Uh, uh, and, and Cortland Sutton did have a good game this game, four catches for 85 yards and a touchdown. Devontae Booker actually had the second most receiving yards, two catches for 38 yards. Thir- 30 of those yards were on one catch. Emmanuel Sanders uh, didn't do a whole lot, four catches for 19 yards. Andy Janovich, one catch for seven yards, and Philip Lindsey, one catch for two yards. But like we said, we didn't need to because the run game was so strong.
1: Yeah, and do you think... I, I, my guess is no, but do you think we start to see a little more Deshaun Hamilton? I know he gets in the game every now and then, but you really haven't seen his name called all that often.
0: Well, him or even River River Craycraft, we've seen him out there a couple of times. Um, you know, uh, we, I I'm sure he was out there, but I didn't see anything of Tim Patrick on no, Sunday. That's a good
1: point. Yeah, uh, the either. tight ends,
0: the tight ends weren't used. Uh, Lacoste or uh, or um, oh, what's it? Parker? brian parker they weren't used um and then the new one hemingway i don't even know if he was active sunday um but uh any, any guys besides lindsey and the o-line or i i mean i guess we already kind of went over the offensive for, uh, performance but any guys you want to give game balls to besides of course phil lindsey
1: no he, honestly he would be he would be my guy uh i think sutton we already talked about him he, he would get one but um no outside of that on the offensive side no one really struck me as having an outstanding game like like those two did
0: let's talk about the flip side of the ball uh the broncos defense of course Uh, they held jeff driscoll in his first nfl start and check Driscoll was 25 for 37 for 236 yards one touchdown uh we did force him into one interception and we got to him four times
1: yeah and that interception was huge because um if I'm remembering this correctly, I believe it was after. We did we did we turn the ball over? Did we fumble at all or?
0: Oh, Royce Freeman did have a fumble.
1: I think it was Sunday. after the Royce Freeman fumble. His and they first had it... one of
0: the year, I should add.
1: Yes, this that's true, and I think it was after that, and they had the ball in pretty good field position, and a couple of plays later, or maybe even the next play. Uh, bad, I'm forgetting, but uh, forgive me for that, but um i think driscoll just rolled back and we had good pressure on him it was a terrible throw by him i mean he shouldn't have made that throw but the pressure definitely got in his face and um got the ball right back so that was nice
0: yeah justin simmons made a good play on the ball and got the interception uh he continues to be kind of turned into a ball hawk kind of of a safety um what did you think about uh joe mixon uh running for 82 yards on 12 carries
1: he looked good he's uh He's a good running back, and I mean, I'm glad that we only held him to 82 because it could have been, definitely could have been worse than that. But um, our run stopping has been a uh, has been pretty good this year. Um, we've held some good backs to very little yards. I mean, James Conner got nothing against us. Um,
0: we did get torched by Isaiah, Isaiah Crowell and uh, Todd Gurley early in the year.
1: Todd, Todd Gurley ate us up pretty good. Uh, and yes, Isaiah Crowell, I'd like to forget that game forever
0: yes yes we're not talking about that ever again my apologies
1: (laughs) no you're fine uh
0: but besides uh mixing not a ton of people on the Bengals' offense did a whole lot tyler boyd did have 97 yards on on six catches uh he's a pretty good wide receiver aj green went out and got carted off the field he only had one catch for seven yards it looked like he re-injured his toe so gotta almost assume he's done yeah uh but speaking of done uh And we'll talk more about the Denver Broncos defense in a little bit as a whole, but uh, we saw Chris Harris Jr., really the second best player on defense, in my opinion, Oh yeah, Uh, the captain of the defense, go down with a broken fibula, Um, out at least to week 17, and I don't even see him coming back then, but I guess there's a small chance if he heals correctly.
1: Yeah, I think the the typical time frame is like three weeks um, for a bone to fully heal, but I don't see them rushing him in for week seventeen at the earliest. It would probably be for the playoffs if we even get there. Um, but yeah, a huge loss. I mean, it's that was just crushing. And you know, you and I were talking about this. He really hadn't. He'd been pretty healthy. I mean, he tore his ACL in two thousand thirteen, which is a huge injury. We missed him in that Super Bowl against Seattle. But since that time,
0: he hasn't he's missed been, the game.
1: No, he's been so reliable. It's a it's a huge loss.
0: Yeah, it's a huge loss. Um, and, you know, you look at – I try not to jump too far ahead, but you look at the next three matchups on paper and you think they'll come pretty easy, but then you throw in that Chris Harris injury and uh, you, you got a team in um, San Francisco who threw for over 400 yards against Seattle. Now Seattle's defense isn't what it once was, but still pretty good. And then, you know, Baker Mayfield likes to sling it around. So does Derek Carr. So it's not going to be – I mean – it's definitely not going to be a given the next no. few weeks, especially since Chris is out. I mean, going has got to be the number one corner. Uh, I, I presume uh, Brock, if he's healthy, is going to have to be number two. If not him, Isaac Yadam. But we did pick up a corner today. Um, saw that. Yeah, from Arizona, Jamar Taylor. Uh, according to our own uh, Kev Dan here at Orange Weekly, he's played 10 games for the Cardinals this year and started three.
1: All right. I mean, at least he has experience.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I uh, don't know a ton about him, but he's going to have to probably be thrown in the fire pretty quick. I mean, yeah. our defensive backs, you know, I've had me nervous, a good point of the year, but Chris was always that bulldog, that pit bull that you could kind of rely on. And without him, the other guys just got to have to step up next man up as Foxy used to say.
1: Yeah. And yeah, I mean, as, as hard as it is to lose a guy, especially that is, that good and and like you said easily the second best defender on our team Uh, you know if not the second best player on the team Um, sometimes when these things happen guys step up in a way that you wouldn't expect them to Um, and I'm not expecting Roby or Yadam to to be superstars these next four weeks Um, but I think even though they've shown moments of horrible football (laughs) they've also shown some some good moments too. Um, And I think that you're correct that, you know, we we don't want to assume that we can win these next three games against San Francisco, Cleveland and uh, Oakland, just because they're not very good football teams. But I think that if we lose one of those games, I don't think it's all going to be because we don't have Chris Harris there.
0: No, no, I agree. I agree.
1: So and oh. honestly my biggest concern is that of those three um is the Oakland game. I, I just think even though they're two and ten and one of the worst football teams in the league, that one scares me the most. Going on the road, they're gonna their car's gonna care. I mean, it's not gonna be an easy game. They gave the Chiefs a heck of a game this last week. Um
0: Yeah, it'll be a Monday night game, prime time, Christmas Eve. But you gotta just wonder what the mindset of the Raiders is gonna be come week sixteen.
1: Well, true, and if they if they really are fighting for a, a draft pick, as hard as Derek Carr wants to play, Gruden has you know blown that team up so much that that they could find a way to blow it up even more. Just in and right the now,
0: they team. would be the one, the number one seed because even though them and uh, San Francisco are tied record wise, Sam Fran beat them.
1: <laughs> oh, uh, Oakland. So yeah,
0: um, any game balls? Anybody on the defense? Uh, I think we can give out a couple, but uh, I want to see who. Uh, you choose first.
1: Well, my first one would be Bradley Chubb. Uh, he's just been a tremendous, tremendous addition to the team. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but the leader in sacks as a rookie, is that Yeah,
0: correct? he's got 10 now. He's got 10.
1: Yeah, so I'm pulling up the stats here. He's he, been, had,
0: he had three tackles and uh, one sack and a, uh, a fumble recovery.
1: Yeah, okay. And for yeah, the fumble. I, I just thought he was all over the, all over the quarterback all day. Um, you know, it's, he doesn't rack up large numbers of tackles just because he's constantly rushing the passer. But the sack and the fumble recovery was huge.
0: Yvonne Miller had a sack and a half. It was nice to see him get in there again. Those two yep. are combined for a lot of sacks already this year with <laughs> four games left. Yep. Um, I want to give a game ball to Todd Davis. This dude's turning into a leader of the defense. He leads them in tackles almost every week. He had nine tackles yet again on Sunday leading the team. Uh, I think he's a guy that doesn't get enough credit. Yeah. Kind of like Danny Trevathan used to.
1: Yep. Yeah. Todd Davis has been huge for us all year. I mean, he's, he's kind of a unsung leader that doesn't get talked about too often, but uh, yeah, I completely agree.
0: How about Shelby Harris, second half after coming off that big game last week?
1: Yeah, he's been great. Uh, Obviously, with the the game-selling interception last week against Pittsburgh, and second half is nothing to scoff at. Love it.
0: And we kind of mentioned Justin Simmons earlier had a pick. He also had uh, seven tackles, so good game for him. And a guy that probably went unnoticed by a lot of uh, Broncos country, Joseph Jones. He had to fill in when uh, Josie Jewell got hurt. And, you know, Brandon Marshall's already hurt. He had four tackles.
1: Yeah, I didn't even know that. By him.
0: Yeah, no, he's number 43, he's usually a special teams contributor. He's really good yeah. at getting down there and uh, and uh, making tackles, but good game by him. Uh, and uh, Josie Jewell and Derek Wolf are questionable for Sunday. Brandon Marshall, I believe, will be back. He's missed the last three or four games. Okay. So, so.
1: Well, it'll be good to get him back, even though you and I both agree that I think the direction of the team moving forward is lining up to be uh Josie Jewell's position. But still be good to get Brandon back.
0: And then uh one other game ball before I forget to mention this guy. For a rookie, this guy had his best NFL game by far. Colby Wadman, the punter. Yeah. Uh, he had six punts for uh two hundred and sixty yards. His lawn was uh fifty eight. He had four of those six punts inside the twenty.
1: Wow. Yeah, no, I I, I, I agree. I noticed uh his play as well and uh big part of the game I mean it's so funny how the punter will get overlooked at times um but yeah flipping the field is a big deal so yeah he's getting better
0: he's getting better and better too after the release of Marquette King not much was expected of him but he's uh becoming kind of a weapon a little bit yeah
1: and I think now that he's kind of settled in and he knows it's his job and that there's no one I mean Every player on the team always has people looking over them in terms of the front office and the coaching staff getting ready to cut you if you if you don't perform. But I think now that he's kind of established himself, he's probably playing a little more confident knowing that this is his job.
0: And he could pass. He proved that against the Chargers with that <laughs> on completion. Yeah.
1: yeah. While we're on the special teams, by the way, at what point do we get worried about these occasional misses from Brandon McManus?
0: That's a good point because he's starting to miss those – Kicks
1: just a little over 50 yards. I know. Um, that he used to be dead money on.
0: this. Is, and this is what BMAC does. I, I like him. I, I mean, I'm glad he's our kicker. I don't want anybody else. I don't want to get rid of him. That's not what I'm trying no, to say at all. No, but no, this no. is kind of how his seasons go. They're up and down. And this year he was so rock steady. And in the last three weeks, we've seen him miss some field goals.
1: And that's probably, you know, just About the Last four weeks, kicking. actually. Yeah. You know, I remember... Jason Elam, who I think is the Broncos' greatest kicker that we've ever had. Um, and just in terms of tenure and everything, I mean, we've had some good kickers when you think oh, about it. Matt him. Prater Matt was Prater, pretty damn good. Matt Prater, yep. And of course, Brandon McManus.
0: And um, even, uh, even, I don't know why I'm getting this shout out, even Connor Barth. He only yeah. missed like one kick his Bronco career, but then McManus, they decided to go with him. But uh, I miss saying party on Barth every week. That was fun.
1: I know. That was always a good one liner. <laughs> um, Yeah, I think each of those guys, you know, this is kind of the game of kicking where you just, when you're kind of in your funks, you kind of stay in that funk. And when you're hot, you're hot and you can't miss. And uh, hopefully, you know, I know the Bronx are taking it one game at a time, but hopefully, you know, these last four games, McManus can kind of get hot again.
0: Yeah, and let's go ahead and talk about, you know, I don't want to get into any specifics, especially on this game because that's a – that's Matt and Jared do the pregame, and they'll get everybody ready for the Niners game. They dive into the X's and O's. They do a really great job, but look at these next four games. It's hard not to get excited. The Broncos are sitting 6-6. Six and six. They have a golden opportunity, at least it looks like a golden opportunity in front of them. Yes, they need some help with some other teams losing, but isn't it fun just to be back in that playoff conversation?
1: Oh, it's awesome to be back. I mean, when we were 3-6, and six, we thought there was no chance that that way we'd be here. And honestly, there was a good chance that at that time that we thought we could be three and nine. Um, Cause at the time Cincinnati was still playing pretty good. And of course, Pittsburgh and LA are great, great football teams. So um, yeah, it's awesome. I'm so proud of this team, you know, uh, all the announcers were talking about when we were three and six is the fact that we've never, or we haven't uh, had back-to-back losing seasons since 71 and 72. And I love that, you know, if anything else, at least we're kind of getting that, <laughs> Out of the way, still possibility, of course, but um, pretty remarkable to fight back like this and, and put ourselves in this position. And I love hearing in the locker room that Vance keeps saying, you know, we've done this by winning one game at a time. And that's all you can do right now. You can't as a fan, we can look at every game we want to and think about all the different possibilities. because It's kind of fun to do. But as a football team, they got to go into it each week. All right. We're playing San Francisco this week. We got to win this game who cares who we have next, and then they can worry about it. And I, I think they do have the right mindset right now.
0: Yeah, credit to the coaches. Uh, I'll give them – you know, you got to give credit where it's due, even though we've ripped them more times than not on these podcasts. And they but, deserve it. Yes, they seem to be saying the right things right now, keeping this team in that right right uh, mindset. And uh, it's working. They're playing for them, so it's working. Uh, but, you know, this is the type of – year time of year you know we're in the home stretch the last four games we have to start rooting for us particular teams to lose and others to win for instance this week we not only have to be bronco fans as dirty as this sounds we have to be chiefs and patriot fans as well
1: i know no i yeah you're definitely right and uh i'm okay with that i you know if it helps the broncos get in the playoffs that's always goal number one um that la win was big unfortunately um not in our favor is big for LA. Well, the uh,
0: because, Steelers could fall all of a sudden. I mean, they would have to lose. I think three of their last four, maybe all four,
1: but they yeah. could fall. They, they could. I agree. I agree that I think the Steelers in their next There's four seven
0: five and one right now, right?
1: They're seven four and one. So seven, if they four, lose two, if they lose two out of their next four, assuming, of course, best case scenario that the Broncos win out, um, then we would get in over them. But because that tie. If they win three out of the four, they would have us beat.
0: Um, I know the Steelers do play the Patriots at home, and yeah, they it's, yep. and they go to New Orleans,
1: to, I think. Yes, yes. So. so those are two tough games. I, I just think looking at it, I, you know, when I was looking at the Chargers schedule, I thought the best chance for us, because Baltimore, we don't have a tiebreaker with, but they have two tough games, two really tough games um, at Kansas City, and then.
0: They play the Chargers Week 16.
1: Yes, thank you.
0: Because um, the other two are the Browns,
1: yeah, and I think the Bengals. Is the
0: Bengals, yeah, I
1: think so. So those are kind of, eh. but when I was looking at the Charger schedule, they played at Pittsburgh, of course, and before the game, I didn't, you know, we didn't know it was going to happen at Pittsburgh, and then they played at Kansas City, and then at Denver. So you're thinking if you lose to Pittsburgh. Kansas City, and then we get a home matchup with them. Week 17, couldn't ask for much more than that. But they won the game. There's so many things that have to play out. So many things.
0: Yeah, and um, and, and um, going back to the Chargers, they might have everything wrapped up by Week 17. They might have nothing to play for.
1: They might. They definitely might. How incredible would it be if, this, if the L.A. Chargers are somehow able to win the West and host a playoff game in that stupid stadium? <laughs> Well,
0: it'd be awesome for the visiting team because they would fill it and it would feel like a home playoff game. True, true. That's a good point. um, And then you were saying so much has to happen. I mean, we we have other teams in the mix, like the Dolphins, who do play the Patriots. And then they have uh, another tough game remaining, too, besides the Patriots. I don't remember who that is. Uh, The Colts have a tough one at Houston this week and Dallas at home next week. Those are two tough ones. They really let opportunities slip by losing. Yeah by 6 to the Jaguars. The Titans have an easy schedule.
1: They do. They do. Somehow, I believe currently we own the tiebreaker over them because of conference record. Um, bottom line is we got to we, have
0: we to do we, we can't yeah we can't worry about what everybody does we gotta win yeah. all four games go ten and six and if we go ten and six and miss the playoffs we miss the playoffs we wouldn't be the first team I we mean have- I remember when New England had Matt Castle that one year they went eleven and five and missed the playoffs yep so crazy things have happened unfortunately if we go ten and six we won our last seven that's a pretty good year I mean but yeah. we can't we can't yeah. in mode too much
1: no you can't do more than that and you know like the good sports fan in us will be thinking about all the missed opportunities that we've had oh, early on this season. But considering where this season was headed, if we win our next four, what an incredible, incredible comeback.
0: Okay, I'm gonna put you on the hot seat here. All right. Um we win two of our last four, go eight and eight, is Vance Joseph back next year. No. We win three of our next four, go nine and seven, but miss the playoffs is Vance Joseph back next year. No. We win our last four, go ten and six, but miss the playoffs. Is Vince Joseph back? Yes. So you think if we go ten and six, matter if we make it or don't, he's back.
1: I think so because if you go ten and six, it means like you said, we've won seven in a row. And how do you fire a guy after that? I mean, that would be unless you have a guy that you that you see perfectly fitting in to the Denver Broncos organization, which I don't think there is that guy out there, personally. I I mean I could be completely wrong, but I don't see it. I don't see how you fire him. E- even if you miss the playoffs at 10 and 6, I don't see how you fire him at 10 and 6. Yeah,
0: it would, uh, even though it's hard, I don't like to compare this to college jobs because you, know, you don't necessarily scare off candidates in the NFL, but you got to think if, if he would win seven games in a row, go 10 and 6, and then you fire him, what's that going to tell him, the guy that's interested in the job? Like, oh my God, like 10 and 6, winning seven in a row is not good enough for Elway. I don't want to go there.
1: I know, so, and there's already people that don't want to go to Denver because of L.A. in terms of sure, quarterbacks and all that sure. kind of stuff. And so, yeah, it's kind of tricky. One question for you on that regard. Let's say we win our next three against these opponents that we should beat. So we've won six in a row, and then we lose to L.A. because they – let's say both both teams need the win to get in. Again, that would still be hard to fire him, but this team needs to be better. I mean, they, they got to be better, and, and I – I don't know. I still lean towards him getting fired in that game. I would, too,
0: I would too. I wouldn't want to make that call. And it might come down to if we did lose that game, how close of a loss was it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at home too, that's another big factor. That's you, 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 an opportunity that if we had, you can't miss it. Um, I lean towards him getting fired, but like you said, glad we don't have to make that decision.
0: No, we don't. We don't get paid money to make those decisions. We yeah. just get. Uh, we just. We just root for the guys who make those decisions and uh, yes. the coaches who coach and the players who play.
1: Yes. So, uh,
0: got got anything else for us this evening, Jeff?
1: No, I'm thrilled where the Broncos are at right now. This season could have been a complete disaster, and we've gotten ourselves into the fun part of the season where we can we can look at all the other games, do some scoreboard watching, still root for our own team, and. Um, heck of a lot more fun than last year. So always good to be back with you, Tanner. And, uh, hopefully we'll be talking about the same things next week.
0: Yep. And for everybody who's out there and, uh, that enjoys our podcast, we have tons of programs, shows, podcasts at orange weekly. We pretty much have everything almost every day, almost covered. We're pretty much a sports center that, or ESPN, I should say that covers the Broncos. I mean, Mondays, you got Jason goes live with the orange weekly after dark on Facebook, the Tuesday night show, um, beer Broncos and no BS Kev Dan usually hosts that with either uh, Ray or David uh that's where that's at um uh, Seven o'clock mountain time. It's live on Facebook where you ask the questions on Facebook. We answer. We talk about what you want to talk about. On Wednesdays, we got the good, the bad, and the ugly show that's hosted by myself and Kev Dan on Give Vocal. It's also streamed on Facebook, but we only take questions on Give Vocal. Uh, and you can come up on stage with us, kind of like a radio call in show, but we see you, you see us. And if you don't, Want us to see you for whatever reason? That's fine. You can message. There's a little message bar to the side. Then you got the pregame podcast every week. Jared and Matt do a great job getting you ready for the next upcoming game with the X's and O's. Then uh, two hours before the Broncos kickoff on Sundays, got the tailgate talk with Kev, Dan, and myself again on Get Vocal. And then during halftime of the Facebook games or uh, third halftime of the games on Facebook, you have the halftime hash, which everybody can talk about what they liked and didn't like. That's also on Facebook live. So with that said, everybody, let's go uh, beat the 49ers and go Broncos.
1: Go Broncos. Always-